Hello, and welcome to the Thrive in Change podcast. I'm Shannon LaBruyere. Hello, 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 everybody. It's me, Shannon LaBruyere. I am live and loving it. Welcome to Sunday Night Live, where we learn the principles that allow us to thrive in change. And I'm talking about change of all kinds, the change that we planned for for years that finally happened and we went, whoa, what's going on? I should be thrilled. Or the change that comes out of nowhere that we didn't want, didn't invite. Either way, we can have roots that are nourished so that when the season comes, we'll have fruit on our branches. That's what Thrive and Change is all about. Understanding that no matter what kind of change we're going through, we can either have our roots be nourished or we'll be in a season where our fruit is showing up and showing off. But either way, we can thrive. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome and thank you. I said I'm Shannon LaBruyere. Um, I have to laugh at the closed captions. It always labels me something different. One of these days, I'm going to have to figure out how to fix that. Uh, but I'll take it, um, especially because those closed captions are so helpful for people. So I hope you are enjoying your experience with Sunday Night Live. And I want to take this quick moment to invite you if you've got feedback about it. If you love it, share it. Send this out to somebody. Share it and tag a friend. Uh, the more you share, the more good starts to spread out across the, the earth. And I'm all about that. Uh, the more people who know how to thrive in the midst of change, the better our communities, the better our families, the better our personal lives. It's a beautiful thing. So if you love Sunday Night Live, share this with somebody. And if you have something you'd like to hear about, message me or drop it in the comments. I would love to address a topic that's important to you. Certainly, if you've got something on your mind, if you've got something in your life that you're working on, uh, Let's talk about that because often you're not the only one who's going through those challenges. So being able to share that is a great thing. Um, and if you've actually got something you don't like, you can tell me. I can't promise that I'll change it, but I can promise I'll listen. Let's. Oh, Kelly's here. Hello. And Laura's here. Welcome, Laura. And we've got a few people who are watching. I can tell uh, the little eyeball in the corner of my Facebook screen. Uh, if you want, say hi in the comments so that we know you're here and jump into the pool. Uh, this works best when we are treating it like a conversation. I never want to be just a, a know-it-all talking head because I learned a long time ago um, for one thing, that is boring for people. And for another, I don't know it all. So it took me a while to learn it. But once I did, I'm pretty passionate, <laughs> pretty passionate about not getting stuck in that. So this is a conversation and we can learn from you and you guys can learn from me. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, hi, Margaret. I'm glad you're here. All right. So today, the Thrive Principle that we are going to focus on is hashtag find the beauty. I almost went with hashtag bring the honor. I think sometimes, <laughs> I think sometimes I need to create another Thrive principle that says hashtag act like a grown up. But I'm thinking that probably falls under the other ones that I already have. But yeah, if I had one, um, that number five, it would be hashtag act like a grown up. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit. So excited about that. 
And got to give a shout out to Thumb Roast Coffee, which is delicious. Uh, Thumb Roast Co Coffee is actually roasted in Croswell, Michigan, which is in Michigan's thumb. That's why it's called Thumb Roast. Uh, and it is delicious. And if you don't live within commuting distance of Croswell, Michigan, you don't have to be sad. You can get the most delicious coffee by ordering it online. And you even get a 15% discount just by using the coupon code THRIVE, T-H-R-I-V-E. I encourage you to do that. You will not be sorry. You will not be sorry. All right, with that, oh, Kelly says, find the beauty isn't something I use often. True enough. Yeah, I don't, I, it's not one of my go-tos. So yeah, probably appropriate to use find the beauty tonight. And Carol says, hi. Awesome. I'm glad you guys are here. Let's get started. All right, so this is what we're going to talk about, a question. You guys know how much I love questions. There is so much power in questions. And the question we're going to talk about tonight, it truly does improve our quality of life. It improves our quality of relationships with the people who are in our families or even the people that are on our teams at work or the people that report to us in our jobs. All kinds of relationships improve and benefit when we regularly ask ourselves this question. And it also really amps up our ability to respond to change in a meaningful way. Um, we often have responses to change that do not serve us well. And asking ourselves this question helps us to intentionally refocus our responses in the midst of change so that we are responding in ways that serve us better. This question is amazing. I am not overselling it. I promise I am not. It is amazing. It is powerful. It is simple, but it is not always easy, <laughs> right? It's simple, but it is not always easy. Simple though is good because the simplicity of this question and the, the depth of it and the power of it really does allow, uh, really do, really do those two things really do allow us to be able to transform in our ability to be resilient when we are faced with change that we didn't expect or change that we didn't want all right so before i tell you the question i'm going to give a hat tip to carol cook she is a member of the live stream leadership program and she has shared this choice this question with us many many times and actually, I think it originated with her mother, who was obviously a very wise woman. Um, so I want to give a shout out to Carol. She is generous with her wisdom in the Livestream Leadership Program, and I am grateful for it. And now we are all going to get to benefit from it. Like all the best questions, this is one we ask ourselves. You ask yourself this question. You're going to find that it's a useful question for other people too. But if you haven't routinely asked yourself the question, people aren't going to respond well when you ask them. <laughs> we'll find out about that in a minute. You'll see why. It is beautiful in its brevity. And it's really easy to memorize. But sometimes it's difficult to remember. So here it is. Write it down. It's a doozy. Do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? Do I want to be right 
or do I want to be happy? Now, before we start exploring this question, I want to make a, an important distinction. I think you probably know this, but just in case you don't, I want to make it clear. When I'm talking about do I want to be right or do I want to be happy, I'm not talking about compromising core values to appease somebody to, to keep the peace. That's not what I'm talking about here. Um, that's a whole different, that's a whole different arena. What I'm talking about is the situation where you really want to be right and you're willing to push that to the limit and there's no big core value at stake. It's not the kind of thing where somebody calls an ambulance if they don't do it your way. Um, it's, it's those situations where we sometimes are the prophet of doom. We predict that is going to go wrong. And then subconsciously, we do everything we can to make sure we're right. Those kind of scenarios. All right. Maybe you've already felt the arrow pierce your heart where you go, oh, man, I know I do that. I do it, too. It is a human tendency, and that's why it's so valuable for us to intentionally ask ourselves the question, do I want to be right in this situation or do I want to be happy? My mom used to say, lots of mother wisdom today, um, you know what, Shannon, you'd cut off your nose to spite your face. It's like, I don't even know what that means, but when I thought about it and the circumstances that she used it in, I realized, you know what, that's sometimes true for me. I would rather cause myself suffering if it meant that I was going to be right. If my face was right and my nose was wrong, I would rather cut it off than admit that my face was right. <laughs> anyway, that was her phrase, but it is wisdom. It's wisdom. Do I want to be happy? No, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? So not too long ago, I was helping a friend, um, an elderly friend who is in the process of, of losing her husband. So she's under a lot of stress and the satellite TV was not working. The satellite TV was not working. And so when I went over to help out a little bit, um, I noticed that and said, hey, your satellite TV isn't working, you know, maybe we need to get that running. Well, you know, would you want me to? She said, oh, yeah. Um, but but um, I don't think it's ever going to work. I said, well, you know, maybe not, but I don't mind putting a little bit of energy into it. And so I asked her where the box was. Any of you who have satellite TV or, or Comcast, something like that, you know, there's there's a control box. There's a control box that usually is in the central location, you know, maybe it's in the family room or it might be in the basement with some cords running out of it. So anyway, I asked, well, where is that control box? Because that's the key to getting the satellite TV working. And she told me that there was no box. Now, I thought about that a little bit and you guys, I was pretty sure there was a box. So we started looking around. I said, you know, what? let me look. Let me look outside. Let me look. I looked in the garage. I looked in the basement. I looked in some places. Couldn't find the box. She goes, see, I told you there isn't a box. So I guess we just had nowhere to go, right? There was no box. But, you know, I was thinking about it. And I knew somebody who had helped when they first installed that system. And so I gave them a call. I said, hey, you remember so-and-so's house, you you know, you went there and installed some satellite equipment for them. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Well, where is the satellite box? 
And he goes, oh, he goes, yeah, it is not in a place you'd think. He goes, there's a, there's like a, it looks almost like a fake door under the snack bar and you wouldn't think there's a cupboard under there, but there's a cupboard under there. And so the satellite box and all of the stuff is located right in that cabinet. So all you do is pull out that snack, you know, pull out the chair from the snack bar, open up that door and there it is. And I was tickled, you guys. I was delighted. Like, yes, I knew there was a solution. There must be a box. So the next time I went over, I said, hey, you know what? I think I know where that box is. And she says, well, there we don't have a box. I know we don't have any boxes. So, well, I think you guys know where the story is going, don't you? You can feel it, can't you? Why did I not see this coming? Why did I not see the, the train wreck? that was getting ready to happen. But I was oblivious because I was excited because I knew I knew where the box was and I could fix this problem. And so I said, you're never going to believe it, but this is where it is. And I pulled out that chair from the snack bar and I opened up the cabinet and ta-da! I was so happy. Look, we can fix this now. She goes, that's not the box we're talking about. Okay. I was thinking she was going to be happy because we were going to be fixing a problem, but she wasn't. She was mad because she wasn't right. How often do we do this? Something fixes a problem and we're mad because it proved us wrong. As much as we say we want the best outcome possible, sometimes there is a piece inside of us that says, serves them right. <laughs> they did it, didn't do it my way. There, I, I don't want to be wrong. You don't want to be wrong. Can you see how that question, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy, could have changed that situation? This person who wanted the satellite TV to work, she decided instead of being happy, she would prefer to be right. And so she pretended there was no solution. She pretended no solution existed because that was what was required for her to be right. So she was right, but she was also unhappy because she couldn't accept that there was a solution that was outside of her ability to figure it out. Ah, Kelly says this, my dad was like that a lot. Yeah, I wonder um, how many of us have parents that felt like their the respect that people had for them relied on them always being right and never making a mistake. And we fall into that now for sure, but I I wonder if older generations if that was a bigger issue for them thinking that nobody would respect them if they didn't look like they had all the answers so they couldn't be wrong. Um Think about your dishwasher. All right. We've used this before on Sunday Night Live, you guys. And there's a reason because it resonates. It resonates with me. It resonates with you. Is there a right way to load the dishwasher? Show of hands. Give me those thumbs up, right? The thumbs up, the hearts. Is there a right way to load a dishwasher? <laughs> Go ahead and drop it in the comments. Yes. <laughs> no. Is there a right way to load the dishwasher? You know, for some reason, oh, Kelly says, no, there isn't a right way. Good for you, Kelly. Kelly, you are choosing happiness right there. Let me just say the dishwasher dilemma. We have a spouse who loads it wrong. They load it wrong. 
That is not where the glasses go. This is not how the silverware goes in. The bowls need to be on the bottom, not the top or vice versa, right? The spouse loads it wrong. And then we can't be happy with good results because they didn't do it our way. The choice, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? Sometimes our way isn't the right way or it's not the only way. If we can get familiar with, <laughs> Kelly says, as long as I don't have to do it, it's just fine. Yeah, there's no right way. As long as it get, it's getting done, I'm happy. So much in life is like this. Washing clothes, folding towels, household stuff. Somebody in the household, my kids maybe, my husband, not doing it the way I would do it but they're still getting a good result. And for some reason, you guys, it bugs me. You need to do it this way. We get attached to that. And it can really damage our personal relationships. It can damage them because when our friends don't take our good advice, now what? I'll never forget many years ago, somebody came to me and, and said, Shannon, I wanna get married. And she had known this person just a matter of weeks. And my advice to her was, don't do it. <laughs> no, don't do it. Have you ever had a friend that you could see they were, they were getting ready to do something totally not the way you would do it? <laughs> they ask your advice, you give it to them, you're sincere, and then they don't take it? They don't take it. And my friend got married after knowing somebody just a few weeks. And then I was left with this dilemma. I knew the advice I had given her was good. I knew it was. And I didn't want my good advice to be disregarded because it was wise. It was wisdom. Wait, hold on. What is what what does it hurt to wait a few more months to get to know somebody better, right? This was wise advice and she disregarded it. And there was a part of me, I am going to be perfectly honest, there was a part of me that said, "Well, it'll be your problem then when it all goes wrong." Have you ever heard yourself say this or maybe you thought it? Don't come crying to me. when what would actually make us happy would be for our friend, our spouse, our child, our coworker to have taken wise advice and had a happy life. That might've been job one. Job two would be, all right, so maybe you didn't do it perfectly, but I still want you to have a happy life. But there's that gap in there. You didn't do it my way. So there's a secret part of me that says, I don't want you to be right. I want to be right. And that means I'm going to be unhappy because you're going to be unhappy. But we don't see it as clearly as that. So Carol says this, I know some do it differently. Yeah. And I try to say thank you, then rearrange and get it running again. I probably should just put them away. Well, if they're dirty, I don't know that I'd put the dishes away. But yeah, people have lived their lives. I doing things differently than I do them. And they're, they're, they're succeeding. Um, I tease my children when they come over, we, 
um, get together once a month. Uh, the first Saturday of the month is our family day and we just get together and whoever's available and we try to have dinner and just connect. And it's so funny how bossy I get. I'll never forget one time and um, <laughs> my daughter-in-law I know watches Sunday Night Live and she will probably either remember this or laugh at me. Uh, but my son was going to take my dog out for a walk. Now, my son and his wife at the time had two dogs. Um, so he's getting ready to take my dog out for a walk. And I give him a plastic bag and I say, you can use this to pick up anything he might do. If he, if he decides to go to the bathroom, you can use this plastic bag to pick it up. And this is how you do it. And so I actually put my hand in the bag and demonstrated to my 30 something year old son how to clean up dog mess from the park when he had two dogs and has lived on his own for a decade or more. Unbelievable. But my way's the right way. So I want to make sure you know what it is. Unbelievable where that comes from. It's our tendency, which is why asking ourselves the question matters so much. Do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? What is going to make me happy? And is it okay if somebody does it differently and gets a good result? Can I still be happy? Can I be happy that somebody found the missing satellite box? Or am I going to decide to be miserable and make it impossible to fix just so that I don't have to be wrong? Do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? Kelly says, when I train people at Taco Bell, I have a way to do things. My way might not be the best way for them. I tell them as long as it gets done correctly, you will find your own way to do things. That is great, Kelly. This is an area where you have a lot of strength. That's really good. That is really good. Not everybody who trains falls in that same category. And Margaret just says, <laughs> a moment of honesty here. I often give unsolicited advice to my kids. I do too. What is it? I see this show up in parenting a lot. I do. I see this show up in parenting a lot where this is the right way to do it. Um, when I looked in my daughter's closet the first time and realized that she folds her towels differently than I folded them for the 38 years I've been married, I, I was I was shocked, stunned. When she would fold them at my house and she would fold them differently than I fold them, instead of being happy that they were folded and done, I made myself unhappy and refolded them. All that energy invested in being right instead of just choosing to be happy. So how does this relate to change? A lot of times in our lives, the unwanted changes that we get, the changes to the meeting schedule, the changes to when churches are, church has service, the, the change in um, what time people start, what time they get off from work, the changes that come at us in our everyday life that we don't get to make the ultimate decision on. If we can remember to ask ourselves the question, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? We will navigate that change in a much healthier way with much more resilience and with much more opportunity for a good outcome. Years ago, they were making changes at the local post offices in how the employees did their job, how they interacted with the customers. And they changed 
the the way they wanted them to sell products. They wanted them to ask more questions um, instead of just assuming somebody, for example, and those of you who are in any kind of a sales or retail setting will understand where I'm coming from with this. Um, instead of asking the, the clerk at the counter, instead of that clerk at the counter, assuming that this person must want to send this package the cheapest way possible. What they were training them to do was to ask questions to find out when do you want it to arrive? So instead of saying, yep, we'll get it there in eight to 10 or you know, 10 days to two weeks and that'll cost you $3. They wanted the employees to ask the question, when would you like this to arrive? And based on asking that question, which was a generous, good question to ask a customer, what do you need customer so that I can give you what you need so I can serve you well, instead of the employees embracing that change, many of them dug in and did not want to make that change. Why? Because they had decided that everybody wanted it to go the slowest, cheapest way possible because they valued something different than that they potentially valued something different than their client did. They didn't want to be wrong. They didn't want to ask that question because they felt like they already knew the answer because their way was the best way. They knew what everybody ought to want. Everybody ought to want it to go the cheapest way, right? And because of that, they were digging in and they were not being open to a change that was going to help their office thrive and do better. It was going to help them to serve their customers better. Who wouldn't want that? But instead of seeing this unsolicited change, the unexpected change, instead of seeing that as an opportunity to improve the quality of service they provided and improve the financial condition of their office. In other words, pay the bills so the lights can stay on, right? They chose, many of them, I worked with many of them, it was part of my job to help them process this. They chose the route to say, I would rather be right and keep making my faulty assumptions and potentially make it necessary for our post office to close because we can't pay the bills. I would rather be right than be happy, than to have job security, than to be able to serve people in a better way. When we are faced with unwanted change that's coming at us from another organization, those decisions are being made for understandable reasons. They may not be our reasons. But if we do not ask ourselves the question, do I want to be right and keep stuck in my old way? Or do I want to be happy and adapt to this change? If I can, look for the opportunities to move forward toward what I value and what I think is important. Um, which one am I going to choose? I'm going to stay stuck. I'm going to be bitter that they made a change that I didn't like. I did that once, you guys. I did that once. They closed my district, doggone it. And when they closed my district, my job went away and also my career path went away. 
the relationships I developed, gone. Those people didn't have any power anymore. They couldn't make decisions anymore. They were not my boss anymore. All the work I'd put into making my boss happy, they moved my boss. They put him into another state. So everything good I did for him, gone. The, the career ladder that I had been looking at with these steps of, oh, I could be this job and then I could be this job and then I could be this job, gone, gone. And I got stuck. I wanted to be right. They shouldn't have done that. My way was the best way, doggone it. And while I stayed in that place, being attached to my way, not being open to seeing why did they make those changes? What were those changes designed to accomplish? Was there value in some of those changes, even though they weren't the changes I would have picked? Until I was able to shift out of I'm stuck mode because I'm right and they shouldn't have done it and it was wrong, I could not move forward. The change kept happening as change does. The change kept happening. But my decision to cling to being right and then wish the apocalypse on it, they'll see. They'll see that's not going to work. Nope, they can't do that. They can't do it with that many people. That work, That's never going to happen. They're never going to be able to take care of fill in the blank. And then sit back with my arms folded, folded and wait for it to fail. The organization that I rely on to pay my pension, the organization that the health of that organization actually contributed to the health of my family by providing me with health care. And yet, out of stubbornness, out of a desire to be right, I decided to get stuck and wait for it to fall apart and not contribute to making the change I didn't want actually effective. We get to pick, we get to pick. All right, let's see, um, good question or good comments coming up you guys. Thank you so much, I love this. Um, Kelly says, George M. Cohen said he'd rather be right than be president, <laughs> right? He would rather be right <laughs> than be president. Well, that's a whole political thing, isn't it? I'm not sure I like politics myself, but um, we can choose to be right, but it can sometimes cost us our ability to influence people. Now, are we talking about, again, I'll just re revisit this because it's so important. I'm not talking about being right about our core values, the things that we know to be true, that um, we put God and our family first, right? That um, if that's one of our core values, um, you know, throwing God out the the um, out the window and ignoring our family to help somebody else be happy, that's that's not a solution. Um, but being able to ask ourselves, is am I just wanting to be right at the expense of all the things I say I really want? Laura says this, I feel perfectionism lurking behind how we respond to this question. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we've worked long and hard to perfect our way of doing things, our way of looking at things, and it's perfect. And when somebody messes with our perfect way, it's really, really tough. It activates some stuff in us. And if we rely on looking perfect for our self-worth, right, Laura, then what happens when we're wrong? If something's succeeding, even though we said it wouldn't, 
if something's working out, even though we said we should have done it a different way, what does that say about us? So important for us, if we want to thrive and change, to really have a healthy relationship with perfectionism and avoid it. Avoid that unhealthy. A desire for excellence is different than a desire for perfectionism. Um, really, really, really true. Laura says this is being right more important than the relationship. If it is a value-based thing, maybe. But almost nothing is that. Almost nothing is that. Usually it's us saying, you know, well, I was right in that scenario. <laughs> I, I chose to do it differently. Or maybe I was wronged. Maybe somebody stepped on my toes. But is being right more important than the relationship? And that goes back to our core values. If we are addicted to being right, being seen as perfect, being seen as flawless, we will have difficulty choosing a relationship where we feel like saying I'm sorry or apologizing or acknowledging that we mishandled something in it. Um, if we aren't able to do that, we will sacrifice that relationship because we can't be wrong. So true. So many things really don't matter in the long run. I love harmony in my home. Carol, what a great point. Is this going to matter in six weeks, six months, six years, six decades? Thinking about the dishwasher, right? Does this really matter in six months? Will I even remember this? A good way to maybe gauge just how right do I need to be here? Um, <laughs> Margaret's agreeing with Carol. And Carol says, I don't always give in because it may be a matter of life or death or finances lost. Just a few reasons. Yeah, I love that, Carol. Throwing some reasons out there why we might choose to be right. Um, and if it's us and we've got control of that area of our life, if that's ours to choose, then we can and we can let go the fact that somebody else chooses to do it differently. Yeah, this, like I said, it's a simple question, but it's not always an easy question. Kelly just says, I don't have the energy anymore. <laughs> I don't want to fight about it. That really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what shoes you wear. It doesn't matter what color your shirt is. It doesn't matter. Interesting how when I was um, a younger person, I was very committed when I was a young mom to how my children looked. And then I realized that the way I wanted them to look was not the way they wanted themselves to look. Anybody else have that happen? And your kids all of a sudden are wearing different clothes than you would pick for them. And you're like, yeah, no. Um, is it because they're different? That's not right. And the older they get, the more their choices veer, perhaps farther from ours. It's not easy, you guys, but it's a question that we can get good at asking ourselves. Do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? What truly makes me happy? It makes me happy when my business is thriving and when the clients that I'm serving are being served well. And so when my mentor says to me, Shannon, I know you always do it this way, but have you considered doing it this way? Well, I can't do it that way. Well, why not? Why can't you ask everybody that you know on Facebook if they want to be part of a mastermind group? Well, because that's not how I do things. I start small. Well, what happens if you don't start small? She asked me. Well, 
I think it's important to start small. Well, can you let go of that, Shannon, just to try it? What if trying it this new way gets you what you say you want, that you get to reach more people, that your influence gets expanded? What happens if you doing it the perfect way you've done it for all these years and you're not getting a good result? What happens if it's the wrong way? What are you willing to give up? Do you want to be right? Keep doing it the wrong way. Keep doing it the way that doesn't get you the result. It's not that it's a wrong way. It's an as valid way. Is it getting me the results I wanted? It wasn't. And so I had to sit with that. My way is not getting me the results I want. So I became willing to be happy. To let a way that was different than mine give me a good result. And I was blown away, blown away by the difference in my life when I stopped holding on to this ineffective way that I do things. And, you know, if we always do what we always done, we always get what we've always got, um, getting the same mediocre result over and over and over. And then with a mentor's help, trying something new, letting go of that. What does that mean about my old way? It means it didn't work. It means I look like I didn't know what I was doing. Let it go. Let it go. As Elsa would say. Um, <laughs> yay for mentors, Laura says. Carol says, one example is a wedding rehearsal. Interesting. I love this. Okay. I always say at the beginning, this is the bride and she decides. Even though you may have a comment for a different way to do things tonight, this is the bride's choice. So sometimes setting rules at the beginning of a gathering helps people to not get hurt, helps people to not get hurt feelings. If their advice is not salt, salt, um, sought, helping people stay happy. Yeah. Putting up some parameters so everybody understands what a beautiful gift setting up boundaries. Oh, you guys know my heart. I love boundaries. Setting up boundaries that everybody understands so that they know that their way might be different, but it's not going to be the way you choose. We're going to do it the bride's way because it's her choice, right? And because they understand that, they can be happy or they can sit back and hope it all fails. And I hope they're not doing that at a wedding. I've met people who would have, but hopefully not. Anything else to share? You guys have been full of wisdom tonight. I really appreciate it. This helps me so much. Um, I love this idea of the boundaries and how that helps set expectations for other people of what they can expect if it's going to be their way or not. Um, and I'm thinking as a leader, and of course, we talk a, a lot about these kind of principles in live stream leadership. Um, as a leader, how helpful is it to let people know that the people you're leading, that you are willing to be wrong if it's going to get a good result. You're willing to have to have made a bad choice or have somebody pointed out to you that we could do it differently. You're willing to be wrong if it means that we're going to get a better result as a team. And when you show that as a leader, whether you're a leader in your home, at, at the PTA, you know, at church, at, at school, whether you're with your peers or maybe you are the boss and they're paying you big money to make the big decisions, helping your people to understand that you are, you are not so attached to being right. You would much rather be happy, get the good result. And you're not as concerned about whether you're right or not. It's a beautiful gift and it allows your influence to expand. 
All right, with that, you guys, we went a little over, but I hope it's helpful. That simple question, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? Um, many thanks to Carol Cook for sharing that with me and giving me so much food for thought about that over the last, last few months, for sure. And I hope that it helps you. Take care. I will see you soon. Bye.